Well, it is the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Vaughn Palmer joins us now from the Vancouver Sun. We'll talk more about how the B.C. government is approaching this. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Yeah, let's talk about what the Horgan government has done on this front. Yeah, so truth and rec- reconciliation. Truth is the past. Reconciliation, one hopes, is the future. Uh, the Horgan government, you know, John Horgan... In 2016, uh, so what, five years ago, before he became premier, uh, embraced the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People and said it would be enacted and enshrined in law and policy if he became premier, and he did become premier, and he did do that, and it passed with the uh, unanimous support of the B.C. legislature, and so we are on that road. The government has done quite a bit by the standards of B.C. governments from sharing gambling revenues for the first time with First Nations to building First Nations housing, something that always used to be left in the past to the federal government, uh, in putting some of our history into the school curriculum. So I think fair to say the Horgan government has tried and fair as well to say that in terms of reconciliation, we still have a long way to go. Um, you know, the, the thing about the truth side of this, when you look back at residential schools, obviously, is that that was a policy that was aimed at assimilating indigenous people into uh, white society, um, integrating them, if you want to use a nice word, assimilating them, if you want to use a nasty one. And look over the history, and that's been with us a long time. The last Prime Minister of Canada to seriously consider, discuss, and promote the idea of assimilation was Justin Trudeau's father. So within the lifetime of a lot of us, it's not just John A. MacDonald who did this. So, you know, and yet I have to say, Simi, I think the reconciliation... One can face up to the sins of the past more easily than the challenges of the present, in my opinion. The reconciliation side is the tough one. I was really struck by, uh, I know you watched the BC Liberal you debate. Know, Vaughn, this- can I just say, I'm yeah. so glad you're bringing this point up, because I watched this part of the debate, and it was the talking about reconciliation and Indigenous issues, and I listened to all of the other candidates not really paid lip service, but try their best to say something appropriate, yeah. but Ellis Ross blew it out of the water. Yeah, so we are fortunate in modern-day British Columbia that we do actually have uh, Indigenous people in the legislature, finally, on both sides of the House. Uh, you know, and it's true, the first person elected was a long time ago, Frank Calder, but uh, there's there's not a lot of people like that in, and, and Ellis Ross is a liberal, and he, he comes from Kitimat, a community which... Uh, where First Nations have been involved in reviving the economy and in giving themselves jobs and everything. And he was very good. He said, you want to talk about Indigenous issues? Talk about poverty, suicide, unemployment, Indigenous children being taken into custody by the state. That's the reality and in many Indigenous communities in British Columbia still. And that's where the challenge of reconciliation is. Going forward, giving Indigenous people the same standards of living and the same services and the same everything 
that the rest of us in British Columbia, most of us anyway, can take for granted. And Ross is very eloquent on this issue. You know, in fairness, I think it's where he and John Horgan come closest to Mm -hmm. agreeing, even though they're in different parties, because I think fundamentally that's Horgan's vision as well, not just airing the sins of the past, but making a different future. That is true. Now, you've also mentioned, though, that just examples from the last week that tell us how difficult and challenging this issue is. Yeah, so, you know, there's Crown land in British Columbia, and a lot of it, and Crown resources in B.C., and a lot of it, and we have shared title with First Nations. That's the legal reality. So that ought to provide the basis for an economic future for First Nations, and it has, but you see the challenge. So we have the standoff over that natural gas pipeline in the north. A bunch of First Nations along the route of it have signed benefit-sharing agreements. They have jobs with it. They are, they are going forward with it. And there is one significant Indigenous group that's opposed to the pipeline and is still blocking construction. So you know, First Nations don't see eye to eye on stuff. Big surprise. They're also live in British Columbia. Like, who does? So that one. Uh, Ferry Creek's another good example. That's been a showdown between a logging company and activists with the provincial government, the RCMP, and the courts involved. But, but ultimately, that land is the traditional territory of a First Nation, and many of the leaders of that First Nation want logging to go ahead because they want to share the benefits And we've now had the courts say, we're not getting involved in any more injunctions here. There's a solution to that that's under discussion provincially, which I can tell you some of the people protesting the logging aren't going to like, because the proposal before the provincial government is that the province buys back the timber cutting rights from the logging company and transfers them to the First Nation. And the First Nation would then be able to do what it sees fit with the trees. So... That's another one. A third one popped up last night, the famous Site C Dam, now under construction. Hydro is warning in its latest update that permitting for that project may be held up because local First Nation, Blueberry, has won a court decision where the courts have said there's been way too much development on their land without their consent, and Hydro is saying future permitting for Site C, still 200 permits to be process there may be held up because you're going to have to get the consent of Blueberry. So that's just a reminder, Simi, the overview, as I say, um, I think in the long run, shared development of the province's land and resources is going to be the basis for some economic prosperity for First Nations. But there are 200 recognized First Nations in British Columbia. You know, the UN Declaration there are more recognized First Nations in B.C. than there are members of the United Nations. So that gives you an idea of just the complexity ahead. And there are many voices in First Nations communities, even within some First Nations. So with Suetin are a good example, that group with the pipeline dispute. Mm-hmm. Some of their leaders want the pipeline, and some of them don't. And they're a nation. They have to sort it out among themselves before they can really talk to the provincial government. The Site C one really astonishes me, Vaughn, because you would think a lot of high-paid lawyers, a lot of high-paid people involved in that project. There's the fact that you didn't nail all of this down before embarking on something so huge. I don't understand that. Well, another bit of truth, Simi. When I started this job a century ago, no, but 
almost 40 years ago. Yeah. The provincial, the BC government's position when I started way back in the early 80s was that Aboriginal title didn't exist. And if it ever did existed, it had been extinguished. And if it hadn't been extinguished, it was a federal government responsibility. So we had, in the long history of the province, made very little progress in reconciling the fact that the province was settled by Europeans with virtually no treaties. Most of the rest of North America had treaties. We didn't have treaties. So it's a long, long road here, and I give credit to the current provincial government and the previous one for moving us along the way, but we still have a long, long way to go. BC Hydro went ahead and developed... Site C, believing it was within the legal mandate that existed at the time, but the courts, because First Nations have been fighting in court, increasingly recognize First Nations rights and title to a degree that wasn't the case back when Site C was first under discussion. And once again, let's end it with that great Ellis Ross quote. Yeah, Ellis Ross, uh, during the last election, uh, put a big billboard up in his riding, and it was a paraphrase of uh, the Chief Justice in the Delgamook case, and it was really directed to Indigenous and non-Indigenous British Columbians alike. And the line was, let's face it, none of us are going anywhere, right? We're all here to stay. So there's the basis one hopes going forward for coming to common understanding and reconciliation. We would hope. All right, Vaughn, thank you so much. Bye-bye, Simi.